Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to What A Load Of Cobblers, the debrief for conversation on Northampton Town 1, Forest Green Rovers 1. I'm Tom Reeds, and after a breathless draw at Sixfields, I'm joined by Wallach regulars Martin Maloney and James Averill. And from the Rovers end, Laurie Martin, Forest Green reporter for Gloucestershire Live. We'll go to you first, James. Um, an entertaining game all round with two, two committed sides and the draw perhaps a fair result? I think overall the draw was a fair result. I thought we started uh, very well with the first 15 minutes. Uh, very bright. Looked, it was interesting to see that new dynamic up front with uh, quite a lot of pace up there. Uh, and it did cause Forest Green some problems early on. We obviously had that effort with Pinnock that, um, for the life of me, I don't know how that didn't go in. Uh, kind yeah. of just curled away, hit the inside of the post and um, somehow didn't go in. But we started well. Forest Green obviously then grew into the game. I thought they probably shaded the first half overall in terms of kind of having more of the ball. Um, but there wasn't really too many clear-cut chances uh, other than that, that Pinnock shot in the first half. Um, and then the second half was quite a scrappy game I didn't feel like we could get much rhythm um, I have to say I, I don't think the referee helped our cause I don't think we we were kind of allowed to get into Forest Green uh, I thought they were going down quite easily if I'm honest for a lot of a lot of tackles and it kind of stunted our, our rhythm but they did look very threatening up front Forest Green with uh, Jamil Matt um, uh, and Cadden in particular Um Obviously, they hit the post and then, yeah, we'll get on to, to the goal. And then after that, things really <laughs> heated up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I, I guess, Martin, for me, one of the, the big plus points was that Forest Green potentially could have done us maybe 2-0, you know, in terms of form and just the quality they've got. But it didn't go that well and we, we got the draw and it just felt like we, we did go toe-to-toe with them, didn't we, Martin? I think we've got our mojo back a bit. I mean, I wasn't at Swindon because I was isolated with COVID, but I listened on the radio and you could tell they were knackered. They ran out ran out of steam and Swindon did a great number on them. And then Crawley, we didn't get going first half, but second half, we had a right good go, albeit without ever really troubling the keeper. And, you know, coming off against the best side in the league, he kind of had a feeling that it was going to go one of, you know, one or two, as we're either going to be really up for it or we're going to get a shoe in. And thankfully... It was, I thought, we, you know, from the off, um, we were really, really at it against, you know, I think, you know, far and away the best best side in the league. And yeah. it was it, it was as good a game as I, I think as I've seen at Sixfields. Um, I think the only one close this season, um, the Cambridge game in the Cup, that was a, a two-all draw. But, yeah, two sides absolutely going for it. You know, at some stages, it felt like, like a basketball game. You said, like, we'll have a go, you have a go. Yeah. It was a, a joy to watch. 
And I, yeah. you know, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And and a fair result, I think, in the end. I think either side could probably feel like they, they could have won it. And I think if they both feel like that, then a draw is probably right enough. Albeit in dramatic yeah. and interesting fashion. <laughs> I think it's what we all needed, really. It could have been a very drab game in very drab conditions with that early fog and didn't really lift that much. But it was the opposite of that. It was actually quite an enthralling tussle. Um, Laurie, how did the draw go down with Forest Green? There's some interesting comments from the gaffer, Rob Edwards. Perhaps felt they'd done enough to nick it? Uh, I think I think in the cold light of day, everyone's happy with a point. Everyone would have been happy with a point going into going into the game and I think I probably mentioned it when we spoke on Thursday that the luxury Forest Green have at the moment is these games against Northampton uh, Forest Green go to Tramia in a couple of weeks they don't have to win them they can draw them and that means that the other team isn't going to make up any ground on them so it's still a really yeah. good point and it ranks up there with you know we've got a good draw away at Exeter this season a good draw away at Bradford it, it ranks up there with with those draws in, in terms of importance just keeps that points tally ticking over and 13 games unbeaten in League Two is is now our club record for football league games unbeaten. So, yeah, I think plenty to be positive about. I mean, the performance was absolutely there as well. I, I, I agree. I thought a draw was was probably fair. Um, I think, you know, may, maybe Forest Green sort of just shaded it in terms of um, actual clear-cut chances, in terms of good chances. You think of the Matt, Matt header onto the post, the Matt one where he raced through and Roberts made a really good save. So, it's gone down pretty well. I, I think, um, you know... I'm glad to see nobody's got too emotional about it and people haven't been going, oh, you know, got to see that out. We need to sign eight players in January now because, you know, it's just not the case. It was it was a good performance and a draw fair. So it's gone down well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, absolutely no reason for uh, Forest Green camp to be too downhearted. You, you, you went for it and you give us a good game and sometimes they go your way and sometimes it's, you know, they end in a draw. But um, there's sort of some early surprises with... The Cobblers eleven, Laurie. Were you were you surprised by it? We were kind of surprised because it looked like John Brady was trying to neutralise Rovers with we had no real orthodox strikers on the pitch. I was talking to James beforehand on that, and we were, you know, we were just sort of bumbling and ahhing about it, but it seemed to work in frustrating Rovers for long periods. Yeah, I think um, I think Northampton started started the game well, and yeah, it was sort of, it was almost like a like a front four at times, wasn't it? With with um, those forward players and you're right at the start of the game thought Forest Green sort of pinned back a little bit um was really impressed with Pinnock who you know just has just got that little bit of x factor hasn't he probably yeah I think you can just tell he's got that that quality that's probably a, a bit above the level um but no I, I don't think there were there were sort of too many surprises really um you know maybe, maybe in terms of of personnel and I think um the, the, you know the striker Zimba who, who came on, and that was an unbelievable block that Godwin Malief made on him in the 87th minute. Um, so you know he caused some problems when he came on, but yeah, but I don't think um, there, there were too many surprises. I thought you know it, what, what John Brady did worked well, um, and Forest Green made changes as well, bringing in Dan Sweeney, who's who's a defender, bringing him, him in in midfield just to cope with that physical presence, and I thought he coped really well and won plenty of his aerial duels. So. Yeah, not not. I don't think uh, it was too surprising, and I think it what John Brady did worked worked fairly well. Mm, yeah, that's a fair summary. And um, we'll go through some of the key moments in the game. I've got a feeling we'll be talking about a lot about one particular incident. Incident, but here goes. Um, firstly, the early curling effort from Mitch Pinnock, which um, James has talked about. 
beautiful left footed curler. Look for all intents and purposes in. It's one of those moments where I close my eyes thinking it was just going to nestle in the top corner. And the next moment, it's like at the corner flag. James, did you think it was in as well, mate? Yeah, I mean, I was right in line with it, almost kind of like the, the, the TV coverage out, and it, it just looked in. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, what a strike that is. And then, yeah, it just it somehow just didn't go in. I don't quite know how. It must have just hit the inside of the post and kind of gone across the line. I mean, the keeper would have had no chance. But, I mean, it, it really shows how confident Pinnock is at the moment. You know, I think for anyone watching pre-season, Pinnock looked like the, the person who was going to be a key player for us this year. And he certainly delivered on that front. His assist record speaks for itself. I think he... I think if he was looking at himself, he'd probably want to get a few more goals um, for, for the quality that, you know, that he's showing. Uh, um, and But that just showed how confident he was. And it was a great effort and really unlucky to, to see it not go in. Yeah, I think Pinnock is a good example of maybe how our recruitment has, has levelled up a bit this season. Um, there's fewer players that you think, oh, they're, they're slightly ropey. Pinnock has got great technique, obviously confidence of of guy that knows he's... He's pretty good. Um, Koiki, I, I thought as well. He had um, a couple of moments that were sort of in and out, but he's just got some very good technique on him and we'll probably get onto his uh, curling effort a bit later. Um, uh, who else was it? There was Connolly, wasn't there? there was, uh, he had a right-footed curler that went close. Martin, um, it was good to see Cobblers peppering the goal from range. Yeah, I, th- I, I thought the, the way we started, I think both Pinnock obviously made the point already. He's, you know, he's been our best player uh, or you know, he's in the conversation for our best player. And Connolly hasn't really got going at all. But I think, you know, when he he just seemed to be really at it as well yesterday. And I think we looked so much better with kind of threats down both wings rather than where um where a side could perhaps focus on on nullifying Pinnock. And, you know, we we look a bit uh rope about that. So I liked the style. Um, I, I was probably as mystified as anyone with the um, with the lineup and sort of having Hoskins down down the middle, but they see it seemed to work. And I think with Hoskins' flexibility of being able to play on both wings, I think the interchanging sort of you know it it made it difficult to defend against. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I would say maybe is that uh, with that sort of fluid formation, I guess with Hoskins ro- roving about and stuff, that it's just that goal threat, that real goal threat of uh, are we going to score two or three goals in the game to kill it off? And I thought that Jamil Mapp for Forest Green and myself and Laurie had talked about him previously was sort of the player that Northampton need now. He's a sort of he can hold the ball up, he can, you know, he's strong, he can he can finish, he, he's, he's got good accurate shooting and um, he had a good shot, a uh, good chance himself, didn't he? He turned his marker, surged forward and struck the ball low to Roberts right and it was a great fingertip save in the end, Laurie, but um, good chance. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it, it's not it's not really a, a Jamil Matt chance because, you know, the, I think he's got basically everything but the one thing he that does lack is, is pace, is... Mm. Uh, at his age of 31, I think he is. So, yeah. yeah, not he did score a goal quite similar to that against against Bristol Rovers, but yeah, not 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 really a, a Jamil Matt chance. He lives for um, standing in between the goalposts in in the 18-yard <laughs> box. But but you're, but you're right about you know Northampton Northampton lacking a player like that. I think every every club would want a striker like Jamil Matt. Forrest Green lacked a striker like Jamil Matt before he joined. So yeah, that's. Uh, I thought he performed performed well yesterday. He didn't get the goal, but showed why he's 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 one of the best at what he does. Yeah, and that 
chance was a lot about power as well and it was about a sort of opportunity and he it just um it could have gone in I, I thought he was going in to be fair it was a really good save in the end um overall in that first half I felt there was a bit of a lack of quality from both teams in 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 totality and just a final touch or decision making it's just sometimes the ball just wouldn't fall or the wrong pass was made when there was some good approach play made uh there was I think there was a chance for Koiki wasn't there that was a, a good chance uh, he had a good long ranger which went just curling wide. Um, he added moments of good t- technique throughout the game. Um, was the Jamil, Jamil Matt header off the post? Was that in the second half, Laurie, or the first half? Yeah, that was. I think it was literally a minute before the goal, wasn't it? Before Stevens' goal. Um, yeah. yeah. That was a good chance for him. Yeah, one one you'd honestly expect him to score. And again, as I said, what he just like lives and breathes off chances like that. Um, just a little dink cross to the back post and... And, sh- and should, yeah, probably score it. Yeah, it was it was good power for him in, from him, and he directed the header well. It just came off the post, and that could have easily been a goal to Forest Green. Uh, we'd better get on to the main talking point. You know, everyone's talking about it even today. Talked about it last night. It was on Quest on TV. This uh, it was a goal. It was a goal for Forest Green. We can't really argue that the, 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 you know it's a goal. It's been written down on it, you know, in every newspaper and stuff. But um, very controversial um James I'll just quickly describe for anyone that hasn't seen it what happened um Rover's corner came in and Matty Stevens uh, he seems that sort of player that can sneak sneak in and he planted a header low to Roberts right uh it was an absolute classic melee it was a ripple of the net the goalie was in the net and he wasn't out of the net as well the ball around the line moving backwards and forwards Rover's celebrated and the ref spoke to the linesman and then the goal was eventually given much to Cobbler's consternation um Obviously, some fairly strong reactions, James. A lot of people having a go at the officials from the Northampton end. Would you say it was a goal, James, or are you still confused? <laughs> well, I, I, I think the key is, I don't think you can definitively say the ball crossed the line. I don't think you can definitively say that. I think you can argue about whether it did or not. Yeah. The video footage doesn't really clear it up in terms of the TV camera. I noticed the club put out some footage uh, from the goal cam this morning which again, it doesn't definitively show the ball crossed the line. And I think the reason that this is why the goal shouldn't have been given is I don't see how the linesman could have seen from the angle he had that the ball had definitely crossed the line. Now, the ball, my instinct when I was, you know, from the West Ham was, ah, it's gone in because you see the net ripple. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see the ball cross the line. And you have to be sure that the ball has crossed the line to be able to give the goal. Yeah, I don't see how the linesman can have seen through one, the two, there's, I think, a defender and a, a, a striker it blocking his, that would be kind of on the goal line almost. And then Robert's body is surely disguising the ball. You, you can't, I don't yeah. think he would have been able to see the ball. Yeah. And I, I think, I think John Brady is completely correct. I think he's guessed and you can't guess in a game like that. So I can totally understand the reaction uh, I can totally understand the Forest Green players appealing for it. We'd all appeal for it. And when you see the net <laughs> ripple in particular, you're definitely going to appeal for it. You know, you, I noticed on the goal on the goal cam, there's a Forest Green player on the halfway line appealing for it because he's seen the net ripple. So he's celebrating. Yeah. Um, so I get, you know, I get that they're going to appeal for it, but you have to be 100% sure to give that decision. And I realistically don't see how the linesman could have been 100% sure. Um mm. So, I mean, we, we've all seen the pictures with the kind of ball in front of the post. 
realistically, the ball could have been behind the post at, at some point, behind, yeah. the, you know, before that picture was taken. It would have yeah. been a hell of a quick movement. My instinct is I don't think it did cross the line, but that doesn't mean to say that it didn't. I just don't think it did. But the linesman cannot have known. Yeah. And he, therefore, he can't give that decision. That's my view on it anyway. Yeah, that's fair enough. I th- I, you, you can dismiss that picture anyway. A picture just does a, like a certain... Yeah, the, the, pi- the picture is a freezing of a certain moment of time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. ball... And I think Quest pointed that out as well, didn't they? That, yeah. you know, it could have gone in just before that and then the picture's taken when, when the ball's in front. But the line the line can't have felt seen yeah. for sure. I, I think the um in like an environmental sense in terms of the match day what you know what what would happen in there was a there was a lot that made it feel like a goal so the net rippled right and then Forest Green there was not a single um sense of doubt about it. they were off celebrating and I was like that's a goal like it just felt like it was a goal but obviously a linesman can't go on those feelings it has to be a scientific you know a visual you know yes or no so that but it, it, it might and I, I guess it completely points to goal line technology in in in, in the whole of the EFL really um <clears throat> i mean I'm, I'm a fan of goal line technology because i think it's um you know these things are binary it's it's in or it's not and you know my, my view from the other end of the west stand was it must be a goal because the lines are only giving it if he's certain but <laughs> clearly yeah um did seems like he may he may he may well have guessed and certainly the, the reaction of the Gobblers players uh, Roberts especially suggested that equally <laughs> as you say the Forest Green players all went up but yeah I think I think you know some technology works better than others um you know stuff marginal offsides and that I think you know is is not doing a great service uh, at a higher level goal yeah. line technology though brilliant if you if you can if you can put it in great you know take takes away one little bit of yeah, we like a bit of controversy, but if a ball crosses line or doesn't, that's kind of a matter of fact, and you know we should yeah. we should we should have it. Yeah, no one wants VAR in League Two, but if you've got the um you know the thing from the tennis uh, Hawkeye or whatever that sort of technology, you know why not? And it's it's we talk about you know League Two perhaps being a slightly not a backwater of football, but it's still it's still a big industry. There's a betting industry which is you know reliant on accurate information and stuff, so it's it's sort of gets yeah. to the point where. What you, you want need. you want it for matters you know matters of fact i think yeah. are, are good for technology um yeah. if it's matters of opinion i think there's more of, more of a struggle you know i think var is i think var it will be a good thing long term when they apply it in the in the best ways when they sort of don't think right let's, let's have five looks at offside have one look if it's not blatant go with what the ref said and you know look for violent violent behavior yeah um Start, you know, stuff that the ref has missed that you can retrospectively deal with, but don't be stop-start all the time. But I think goal line technology is an absolute cert. Um, you know, I think there's been as there been one error was that very first game back after lockdown, Sheffield United and Villa, and for some reason it didn't pick it up. But there was a really good explanation of how it, of the particular point of the net it hit and where players were stood. But it's the yeah. sort of thing because it's. It's binary and it's 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 a matter it's a matter of fact. Yeah. I think we'll get it and it will be here to stay and we'll you know in a few years it'll be like wow, wasn't it silly that we didn't have that? Yeah, I quite like the idea of a uh, matter of opinion um, robot or something to decide stuff. So it's like should Sam Hoskins play? Robot says no. <laughs> He's not playing this week. <laughs> I'm not but, um, I'm not sure we want to give robots opinions or feelings. We've seen out in sci-fi movies how they end. Oh, the Terminator. 
So they look. It all started with a robot that decided whether Sam Hoskins should play or not. It ended in global war between automatons and pe- people. <laughs> that sounds like a good film, film script. I might write that one. Uh, Laurie, obviously, we're heavily biased, really. We're bound to be from the Northampton perspective. Like, if you said to me, you felt it was like a clear goal, I couldn't really argue because for the points we've we've made, like we can't really see. Um, what is the sort of consensus in Forest Green about the goal, Laurie? Um, well, from where I was, I thought this is going to be given. I don't know if I thought that's definitely in, but I thought this is definitely going to be given. Um, from obviously the the away end is like parallel to, to the to the goal mouth, isn't it? So they you know, I had one of one of the best views of it, and again, sort of mixed mixed things coming from that. I've heard people say definitely wasn't in. I've heard people say yeah, I think it was, and I th- and they think Roberts clawed it back from behind the line and and back into play. So it's it's impossible to, to tell really. Um, but yeah, my gut instinct was was yes, it was. I think like sort of I don't know, sort of like going to bed last night. I thought yeah, we probably got away with one there, but then saw that quest clip this morning and again that i know they're just watching it on a screen but the the pundits on there seem pretty certain it was in so it's one of them where i don't think you're ever going to get a good angle of it either are you because obviously the linesman's got got a post in his way the ref's got countless bodies in his way the camera behind the goal has got roberts in between him but between the line and the ball so yeah and, and again when the referee and that linesman had the had the conversation the ref can't overturn it because He's guessing as well, isn't he? Because he's got 15, 15 players in between him and the ball. So, yeah, it can be, yeah. I think I think John Brady is probably right in the respect that maybe it was a was a was a guess. It was just just a gut instinct that it's it's a goal. I'm guessing the linesman probably did see the side of the net ripple. Yeah, but honestly, I, I couldn't I couldn't be sure. My my first gut instinct was he's going to give it, um, but I don't think I don't think we'll ever know, will we? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a fair point. A couple of sort of further points on that. The first one is we put a little poll out. Uh, we put it on the hashtag of Forest Green, just to be fair as well. Uh, did the whole ball cross the line or did the whole ball not cross the line? 87% said it. the whole ball didn't cross the line, but obviously that's going to have a heavy bias towards Northampton. Um, second point is I felt that although, you know, the goal was up in the air to an extent, I felt it would be a bit of a travesty for Forest Green, really, if they would have lost the game because I just felt that just a just a very solid Forest Green showing, and we were hanging on a little bit on the counter sometimes. It just felt that there would have been a for if that goal had gone in, they'd probably pushed and got another one somewhere anyway. So yeah, I just felt that um, yeah, it wouldn't have been in sporting terms too fair if we'd have won it. <laughs> As a sort of you know a sub point, it felt. James, perhaps Zimba might have come on a little bit earlier. It just felt like the ball was not sticking up front for us in the second half. Well, it took about ten minutes to get him on. He was, yeah. it was like, I don't know why, I don't know why the substitution took so long. In that they clearly made the decision to bring him on. Something must have happened, or, or some player said maybe said, or oh, you know, I'm feeling something. It took an age to get him on. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, 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 you could tell from the second half it wasn't really working. Uh, it was interesting to hear Laurie say actually that that Sweeney was a defender because I, uh, I thought we absolutely bossed it in the middle of the park. Second half, we he was winning every header. 
um, I was getting annoyed at one point because every single goal kick we were doing was going in that direction. He was winning everything. I was like, can we kick it in a different direction? Because we're losing <laughs> that battle every time. Please. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I think Forest Green, are, you know, were, were on top when they got the goal and were kind of, you know, you, you could tell why they were in that, you know, why they're in the position they are in the table. Yeah, yeah we, we were struggling to create chances. Um I thought the I thought bringing Lewis off was was the correct call. He didn't really do much for me yesterday, um, and yeah, like we say, Zimba has has had limited time on the pitch, but has been in the right position kind of three times. Uh, unfortunately, he hasn't you know scored the goal. He's he's hit the bar in the in the last game, and then keepers pulled off a really good save. And then Laurie mentioned about that tackle, which was one of the best tackles I've seen at six. It was in many a year actually that one in the 87th minute to deny him a shot. Uh, time to perfection. Um, so Zimba's going to cause problems, I think. Um, I think hopefully he just needs that that first goal, yeah. a bit like Atete. You know, yeah. um, Atete was playing really well, but had actually gone quite a few games without a goal. And then people have kind of forgotten that, haven't they? Because once he got that first goal, he went on a, re- a really good run of form. And it, it wasn't just his goals with Atete. It was the way we played when he played um yeah. he made us a better side um i think we've looked more threatening when zimba has been on the pitch yeah, that's not to necessarily to say that he's been in the thick of the action all the time but he seems to have that instinct of being in the right position so i think he could you know hopefully be prove a, a decent replacement uh for tete given a bit of time yeah the, the goals will come for, for zimba um it's one of those ones where john brady can argue that he got the tactics absolutely spot on we got a good draw uh, but if that pinnock goal had not gone in, I'd imagine the, the Cobbers of Fraser would be slightly a bit more downcast, saying that, you know, why wasn't Zimmer on earlier? We're not scoring, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, it's, you know, when you, you get that point, it, it's all a bit of a, a moot thing, really. Um, there was a quite interesting one, Laurie, to, I think it was towards the end, when, um, forgive me, I don't really recall the Rovers player, but um, it was brought down, I think it was by Pinnock um, in the box. And. It was quite a bit of a clout by Pinnock on him. And he went down and he got straight back up sort of thing. I thought if he would have gone down a bit more theatrically, maybe that would have been a penalty. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was Kane Wilson who went down. I think, yeah, I think my um, my initial reaction to that was what it wasn't, it wasn't a penalty. And I think as well, when you look sort of later in, in the game at what happened for, for Pinnock's goal, obviously Nicky Cadden went down under a challenge. Yeah, and that proved costly. Um, so you know, I think Wilson definitely did the right thing in in just getting back to his feet. And obviously, I think Jamil Matt got a shot away in the end from that. But uh, yeah, I, I think sort of like I didn't think I've seen him given. I've seen him given definitely. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think it. I didn't think it was. And I don't think if he had gone down any more theatrically that the ref would have given it. But I thought I thought that point showed that Forest Green actually remained a threat on the break and. Plenty of times when Nicky Cadden was free on that left-hand side and he, he had that one chance, didn't he, where he just blasted it over, where he just needed yeah. to just get over it and keep it down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought, I think that's probably the one thing that frustrated Rob Edwards more than anything as well, was that there were actually chances at, at, at 1-0 to just put the game to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what you're saying about, and I think the... The referee's getting a hard time by the Cobblers fans. Cobblers fans are quite vocal. A lot of the Forest Green fans were getting a hard time, especially on the byline there. Like, you know, they're going down too easily. So, you know, maybe that played into, 
you know, wake up straight away. But then obviously we had the sort of Uber moment of, you know, you might argue differently, Laurie, but it seemed quite theatrical. Um, for the equaliser, um, Sean McWilliams, I think, collected the ball on the edge of the box and his hand did come out, undoubtedly. And is it, was it Nicky Cadden that went down and it was like he'd been shot by a sniper and who, who fed Pinnock to smash home and uh, cure pitch invasion euphoria. Um, now, Laurie, you know, that incident isn't really doing much to counter the joke about the, the vegan team being a bit lightweight with that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, I did enjoy... Ian Holloway's pun as well on Quest, uh, Quest about that, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think look, I think there's, there's, I think there's clearly some sort of contact made with McWilliams, but it's, it's, I think you know, in my opinion, from what it looks like, it's, it's just a flick, and it probably isn't a foul. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I don't think it is a foul at all, really. Um, you know, he might have might have caught him in the eye or or, or somewhere painful, which has caused him caused him to stay down. But I, you know, I, I don't think it was a it was a foul whatsoever, and. So so frustrating because I I know that there were people in the press box who had you know set their set their timers for stoppage time and that 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 goal literally hits the net when it turns 95 you know um, there's probably nine times out of ten that that pinnock strike sails sails over and goes into the stand but it was just a good hit and yeah. really frustrating because I thought Forest Green defended the box so well with with Sweeney as we've mentioned winning headers more Taylor and the the block slash tackle from Godwin Malief as well so it was really frustrating but Northampton when once Cadden went down they just found themselves with with an overload on that right side and yeah and it was you know Pinnock had a few bodies in the way but it was quite a clear shot goal as well so 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 frustrating again and it seems like every time every time you go to Northampton concede a last minute goal and a pitch pitch invasion happens (laughs) <laughs> I heard some of the well, the Forest Green fans were singing uh, so and so scores were on the pitch so I don't know if the Cobblers fans had heard that and thought right we'll show you how to go on the pitch but um, yeah it was it's one of those ones where you know Forest Green had done really well I suppose some Forest Green fans might be annoyed with Cadden for his reaction saying look you know this is how you know professionally you see out a game and you don't go down with a touch like that but they've done sort of so well that it's a bit churlish really to have a go at him too much um, Martin it's one of those ones where a bit of luck, really, with that reaction lets us in, and sometimes cobblers need a bit of luck, don't we? And it give us a deserved draw. Yeah, <clears throat> I think. I mean, sometimes a, a player will throw himself to the ground, maybe expecting an arm to be failing, and it, and it then looks like a foul, and it's it's ended up cans just looks quite <laughs> sort of a bit foolish. And uh, as Laurie said, yeah, we we had men overloaded on that side. I think listening to Pinnock and his interviews, I drove home. He said once the ball came to him, he knew like, there was such a gap one side of the goal um, and the keeper wasn't going to see it because just the amount of bodies. And once he hit it, he knew it was in because, you know, it was just such a... When it's a crowded area, you're more likely to hit bodies. And, and I thought Boris Green were brilliant at getting bodies in the box. But when it's crowded and you leave a gap, you know, if you've got someone who can, who can put it in there, it's unlikely the keeper's going to see it. So, um, you know, until late. So... Yeah, it was a it was a champagne moment really, and um, it felt it felt well deserved. But yeah, another day, you know, and Williams, um, you know, I, I said to you guys, I played with his his dad last last Sunday, veterans football. It's he's, he's a physical player, and you know he will you know push and shove, and sometimes you throw yourself to the ground near him, it's going to look like a foul. But 
as it was, he he kept he seemed to keep his arms down. Well, didn't foul and um, Cadden sort of took himself out of the game. Whereas if he if he'd have stood up, maybe jockeyed him, it doesn't happen. But in the end, it was you know it was a, a great moment for us, but probably made the game the right result. What's um, Williams' dad like as a player? Is he similar to his son? Um, he, he played he played centre half <clears throat> to start, then moved up into centre midfield. Um, very very tidy, very strong, um, used the ball well. I mean, we we got an absolute shoe in because we were playing like the best veterans team in sort of about hundred miles either way. Um, <laughs> but he was um, yeah, he was, he was proper good. Kept kept going kept going to the end. And, um, hoped he'll stick around with us. Fair play, fair play. Um, James, the the pitch invasion they're always a little bit silly, aren't they? We're not going to say you condone either way a pitch invasion, but it was almost like um a feeling of uh, release or a relief. You know, we we had gone toe to toe with a very, very top side. Just maybe that connection between the fans and the players was quite strong in that moment, James. I think it's I think it's more the fact that we we don't get many last minute goals, and in fact, I think we only seem to score them against Forest Green. Um. Uh, we, we was, the guy next to me was literally saying, it's been a while since we've had a goal that we've really, you know, had a, a you know, a, a proper celebration for that's meant something. Um, and then that happened. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, fans gather kind of in and around, they're getting ready to get the quick exit and it's just super easy to get on the pitch there. So it's not as if everyone went from their seats. Yeah, the yeah. They're yeah. basically next to the pitch, aren't they? And everyone just loses their call a bit. So, you know, it's not as if it was a mass pitch invasion. It was just a little bit one in the corner. Um, yeah. I missed the Andy Williams one a few years ago, so it was nice for me to finally experience that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, in, in terms of the goal, I mean, what a hit. But you have to say, I think Cadden's cost, cost his side three points with a ridiculous dive. I burst out laughing when he did it. I almost forgot, kind of forgot. Because even if there is contact, it is the most minimal of contact and you don't go down like that. He had form for that, by the way. In the first half, he may have been clipped, but he went down like he'd been sniped in front of the West Stand as well. And yeah. Brady had a right good go at him, actually. Uh, it was thoroughly entertaining watching. And so it, 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 it's just little incidents like that. It gave the match, a, you know, it's always going to be a good match when you've got two teams who are, who are going for promotion. Um, but it just little spiky little incidents like that really helped the atmosphere and, and yeah. kind of <laughs> helped the, help the game actually. And uh, yeah, that was the most I'd celebrated a goal at Sixfields in in quite some time. Um, <laughs> obviously with, with the pandemic and that. And yeah, like you definitely. say, when you look at it, it's it's only for a draw. But I think just because of the manner of the game, you know, and the controversy of of their goal, etc., it just kind of contributed to, to kind of the reaction at, at the end. Um, so. Yeah, obviously, no, you shouldn't go on the pitch. But, you know, we're all human. Uh, it happens. Everyone got off pretty off, off pretty sharpish. And, you know, they were all celebrating with our players. You know, weren't, couldn't see that, you know, we were giving any of their players any grief. I think it's never nice to see that, you know, when you see players, uh, fans come on the pitch and, you know, they have a go at opposition players. I couldn't see any of that. But uh, so, you know, I think it was just an, an, uh, an expression, an outpouring of emotion. So yeah. it, it was it was good to see. Um, and I think overall... Uh, a fair result, like we said at the start. Mm, and and uh, Laurie's said it was a good advertisement for League Two. I'd, I'd agree with that. A uh, bit of a gung ho game and various chances and varieties of different chances. So um, yeah, it's quite entertaining. And um, hopefully, get a few more fans at Six Fields to the next game. Martin, we've talked a lot about Cobblers. Um, what would you, what would your summary of Forest Green? Be, you talked a little bit about you think they're a decent side. Do you reckon they're worthy promotion candidates? Maybe um, 
title winners? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll eat my hat if they, if, if they don't win the league by, by, by a good way. Um, I think they, they defend, they defend well, they create stuff, and they got a really, really good front line. I mean, I suppose the only worry would be if, you know, what the depth is like behind that, that excellent front line. But no, I, I thought, I thought they, they limited us down at, um, down at Forest Green. To, you know, it was a very tight game, and they won that. Today they were able to play wide open. Um, you know, a, another day they could have had they could have had two or three against us. Um, you know, if they if they finish been a bit better, and we know they can finish with those two up front. So, yeah, I think they'll be they'll be worthy title winners this year, and just just hope that we're kind of there in second or third. That seems fair enough. I was very impressed with them. Laurie had done a quite a good introduction to a few of their players. I just felt they were fairly relentless at times, just ways of attack and just, yeah, just like pains in the asses to play against. So that, that sort of relentlessness should see them home, I would say. Um, Laurie, obviously you haven't seen too much of Northampton, which is completely reasonable. Have you sort of changed your appraisal of, of the Cobblers after watching them yesterday? Well, I think I think they're you know a very good and effective team. I think um, you know I thought I thought they were a good and effective team before it, but I think you know maybe you know maybe maybe my opinion of of them is as slightly raised after that performance yesterday. You know when when you do these things of of being good from from corners, good from wide set pieces, um, you, when you have a long throw, when you've got someone like Pinnock over over set pieces and you can shoot from range, you're, you're going to be doing well with, with that. And as we've seen, um, you know, this, this season, don't concede a lot and don't concede many shots. So again, that's, that's a big, a big tick next, next to a box as well. So, you know, when you do all those things, you're going to be right up there. Again, I would, I would just say that it's, it's, it's just that, that, uh, you know, striking option is, you know, I think, Zimba looked looked bright when he came on, and obviously he had that chance against Crawley as well. Mm. But you know, will it, once he gets those starts under his belt, will he will he be able to um, you know get get a few goals and and replace the goals that that Atete scored in the first half of the season? I think that's I think that's probably just the, the area where Northampton are, are, are lacking. Will they bring in a, another striker? Um, but apart from that, I just think a very functional, effective unit, good at very good at the basics, and not gonna not gonna give you a lot either. I agree with much of that, really. Um, I think Northampton are yeah very effective and well organised. I think Colin Calderwood's done a lot towards that, especially in defence. So I guess I'd counter that with I don't think you can play those tactics every week. And I think it was just sort of a bespoke tactic for Forest Green. I think if you invite pressure and stuff and there's maybe not that striking potency that another team will score two against us and then we're like well how how do we come back into it um brendan from our podcast he was at the game yesterday he can't make it today but he um gave us a little tweet just with his thoughts and he said um good to see the pressure late on bring a goal uh, to salvage your point in those circumstances can really kick a team on i do think we need to learn a few lessons though changes could have come earlier zimber earned a start surely and lewis needs some competition at centre midfield. Um, James, do you reckon a you know attacking midfielder and a, a like sort of some sort of all round hold up forward is the order of the day for any transfers? Uh I, I would think that they were were players we were we're looking at. I think four two three one clearly suits the squad overall that we've got at the moment. 
think Zimba could play that uh, one up front. Yeah. I think Lewis has flattered to deceive a lot of the times for me. I know he did have a bit of a purple patch didn't he, when he got that hat trick and a couple of other goals in, in other games. He's been off it for a little while for me now. I don't know if, if he had COVID and it's affected him. You know, we don't know these things. You know, players might be taking longer to, to recover from it than, than others. Um, I didn't think he offered a huge amount yesterday in that kind of more, you know, more kind of a... He played a bit bit deeper yesterday than he has in, in other games. I think if we do play him, I think he looks better further forward and supporting the striker. Um, but yeah, we definitely need, I think, uh, another attacking midfielder. I wouldn't say no to a striker. I think we needed some more strength in depth um, when we had a Tete. Um, so Zimba, I see as an Tete replacement. I still think we need uh, another striker there. And I think I think everyone's pretty agreed on that, really. Even even kind of the manager from from what I've read in you know in articles in the Chronicle and Echo and that. So mm. I think a striker and an attacking mid will be high on 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 the list of priorities. I think I think defensively we look pretty sorted. You know we we dealt pretty well with um, yesterday with a team who I think will comfortably win the league. And you know. How many points clear are there? They're 11 points clear of us, aren't they? You don't get to that position without clearly being the best side in the division. And I thought we dealt with them as, as well as we could. So defensively, I think we're, we're, we're well well sorted. So I just think a bit more uh, attacking uh, quality, I think, would, would really help us in this kind of second part of the season. We've seen how important, you know, even in the 2015-16 season when we were top, you know, we went out and we attacked that transfer window and we bought in Marquis and we bought in Collins and it stood us in good stead, you know, um, mm. for, for, for the rest of the season. So I, I do think you can really help your cause by improving on what you've already got. So I'd like to see us, um, I'd like Definitely. to see us attack the window and not just, not just accept that, yes, we, we've, we've got the, you know, a, a good squad here. I think you do need to improve and, and go out and, and do that. Yeah, I'd agree with, with much of that. And, you know, I don't want to tempt fate or anything, but sometimes you can, if you don't make the, those right acquisitions in the transfer window, you can see a very competitive playoff pack. You know, they're, 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 they're waiting to eat into us. You know, it, it could be touch and go depending on how we, we add to it. And I, I know Marcus is available allegedly. So, yeah, that I think most people would be pleased with his signing. Um, let's just sort of wrap up now with... A man of the match. We'll um, let Laurie go first. If you give us a man of the match from Forest Green, Laurie, and because uh, obviously we don't know too much about that. Uh, I thought Dan Sweeney was absolutely amazing. So, yeah, listening to you there saying you were su- surprised that he wasn't a midfielder. He, he played midfield basically all of last season. Um, then Rob Edwards came in, had a chat with him in pre-season, and, and he said, I see myself as a defender. So that's where he's been playing for us, but never been a been a regular starter this season um but came back in yesterday in the midfield just to deal with that 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 physical presence that Northampton have you know from from goal kicks he'd sort of drop back and and make make it into to more of a back four basically and and just win those aerial duels I think he won eight yesterday uh looking at who scored so yeah I thought he came in just yeah just bossed it sort of second half I thought you know if, if he wasn't wasn't there um you know if we if we'd uh, started, you know, a different option like like Regan Hendry, who's more of a technical player, then you know maybe maybe Northampton would have bullied us a bit more. So, oh, yeah, I thought thought he was my man of the match. Yeah, I 
Yeah, I, he was obviously impressive. And I, did, I, I think it was one header where Pinnock went. Pinnock's not that sure. Pinnock can win a header, but he just went up. I think it was against him. And Pinnock, we just said a bit of like, you know, when the turtle's head goes inside, he didn't he didn't even bother, like, really. And the, the guy won the won the header. So, yeah, maybe that was an area we weren't great in in the area midfield. Um, James for Cobblers. There's, there's, there's obviously one standout, but there are other players that, you know, impress. Who would you go with? Well, Pinnock got given it by the... Um... The, the match sponsors. I, I think he, he had he had it. It was brilliant first half. Did fade second half, but then yeah. again, all of our players did. Um, and then came up with the goods after he'd been given it. Um, so I, I think it, it is difficult to look uh, beyond. Me. I thought Aaron McGowan had a superb game actually. Mm. Um, won lots of headers. Was really driving forward and helping kind of with with the attacking side. Yeah. Dealt with a tricky customer in Cadden relatively well as well. So I thought he had a really good game. So I, I think I'd give it to, to Pinnock just, uh, you know, for, again, you know, really good first half. Had our best, he had our best chances. Looks like being the guy who we're getting end product from the most. Um, so I think he, he was well deserved it, but I'd, I'd put Aaron McGowan up there as I thought, having a superb game as well. Sure. And what I found pleasing was it just seems there's not uh, not many egos out on the pitch. They all seem pretty committed. You know, they do the job for good or bad. And yeah, it just seems that in the past we've had a couple of egos in the dressing room. Maybe that's uh, a, a recruitment thing from Brady et al. They've, um, they've gone for personalities and just going to do the job. And I, I think McGowan is a good example of that, that, yeah, very committed. And yeah, I think that was a good mention. Martin, what about you? Man of the match. Um, I can't argue with any of the um, <clears throat> any ones that James has pointed out there. I think I'd probably just throw one more in the mix. Um, possibly not the very best player out there, but in terms of his history with us so far, um, I thought Dylan Connolly was outstanding. Um, you know, he's had a really tough start. He's had COVID twice, not really been at the races, but he came off the bench well last week. And I thought he ran, he ran his socks off, and that and having you know a second tricky winger, you know his pace and the way he chased back as well. I thought he was he was outstanding. Also, I know Brendan and me disagreed on this one he very did, strongly. He? Yeah, because yeah, Brendan saw it totally differently. A bit like a few people have said, Koiki was outstanding, and a few people have said, oh my god, Koiki couldn't pass the ball. So it's it, it's it's a weird game of opinions like that. Specifically yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, Connolly Irish by any chance, Martin? Because I think you might be slightly biased here. <laughs> he is, yes, he is. There we go, listeners. That's, that's, that's Martin's <laughs> country's bias towards the uh, Republic of Ireland. But there we go. But he, he did play well. That's that. That's, yeah, and I think that that could bode. It's almost, it almost feels like a new signing because it, it had not really worked out so far. Yeah. And you know, if he if he's firing on all cylinders for the second half of the season, that really will be um will be um a boon for us. Yeah, that 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 early chance, that curler for um, Pinnock was a good example because I think Connolly fed him, and it was just two players that were surging up the pitch, and that's just very hard to defend. So them them two in unison will add um you know a lot of attacking threat. Yeah. Um, Koiki, you mentioned, I just that guy's got something about him. He's definitely got some higher level technique about him. Obviously, his game is going to be rough around the edges, and I think that's maybe he hasn't had a run of games for quite a long time. I think. We should, Give give him that credit, but yeah, he's he's one. There's certain like touches he'll make or moves he'll make, and I think you're pretty good. Um, so he'd be up there on a technique technique level for me. But it's got to go to Pinnock. I just think he's a guy. I like players that are confident. It, not 
not cocky to an extent, but just confident in their ability. And he was spraying some passes around, good first touch, shoots from range. Just for me, probably League One quality, I would say. And also maybe better than certain other players we've got. But yeah, so he'd get the nod for me. Um, let's wrap up now, guys. Really interesting chat. Thanks again to Laurie for joining us. And um, I'm sure we all wish Forest Green all the best for the rest of the season because um, they're a very good side. But um, thanks a lot, guys. And we'll all talk again soon. Hopefully see you in League One, Laurie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 